This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. Trump didn't cave. He may have folded temporarily. But what journalists and many Democrats struggle to understand is that elections are not won and lost in news cycles. That's Freddie Gray writing in The Spectator, arguing against the prevailing narrative that Trump caved in the last week. Um, State of the Union address first, I would argue, and then more importantly, on the partial shutdown. Uh, are we underestimating Trump once again as a political operator, or are we properly estimating him? To uh, explore the argument that Freddie Gray makes, let's talk to Freddie Gray from The Spectator. He's the deputy editor of The Spectator, former literary editor for the American Conservative. Freddie, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Good morning, Dan. I hope you're keeping warm. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, we have space heaters. Attached yes, to our bodies, right. we're, we're going to be just we're, fine. We're hunkered it's quite down. A, quite a weather report, I just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's brutal in Chicago, and then there's the weather. Uh, Freddie, uh, let me just uh, understand something. So Trump said, look, months, maybe a year. Trump said, I'll take the mantle, I'll own it. And then on, a, on first appearance, it looks like in this game of brinkmanship, he blinked. But you're suggesting that this is uh, just a retrenchment, that is this retreat for a glorious finish. Uh, explain what you think Trump is doing. Well, I, I don't know about the glorious finish. We'll have to wait and see on that. But I think the um, sort of constant harping we've had um, since Friday, uh, that he caved, he caved, he caved, we hear that word over and over again, um, is just a bit premature. Uh, I think you know Trump has clearly backed off. He has blinked, as he said, but he's also a you know sophisticated poker player, um, and he knows that sometimes you have to fold, or as the French say, you have to reculer pour mieux avancer. You have to go back to go forwards better. Dan says that on a daily basis. Sure, yeah, you <laughs> like to use the French before it's a dead language. Sure. <laughs> so what do you think? I mean, but Nancy Pelosi, she's she doesn't seem one to bluff. And I, I personally think that she won the shutdown battle because she waited him out. She waited till things got bad and there were ground stoppages at the airport. I mean, what, you know, I know that you don't think he caved, but then why did he give up? What do you think was the final straw? Well, I do think he's up against uh, a tough operator in Pelosi. You know, this is the woman who got the Affordable Care Act through. Uh, she stands up to him in a way that uh, he perhaps hasn't faced before. And certainly he hasn't had to deal with a, with a mixed house, with a split house before. But nevertheless, I think, that again, with Pelosi, we see this sort of amazing cheerleading for her going on and people calling her the queen um, <laughs> and they're pretending that she's incredibly popular. Um, and she's not. You know, you look at her favorability ratings, um, they're about 38%. I mean, the, the Democrats make a big mistake if they think that Pelosi is the woman who's going to destroy Trump. Do you think that uh, Trump is doing an effective job making the case and fully leveraging the bully pulpit, not just for border security, but also in response to the hysteria being generated by the D.C. press corps on behalf of Pelosi and on behalf of all of the saintly federal workers? 
the yesterday, Wall Street Journal uh, reported uh, with respect to those uh, delays at some of the airports. American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, the last group, JetBlue, said on Thursday they could increase their revenues in the first quarter despite the shutdown. You had shares climb for both uh, Southwest and JetBlue by more than 5%. Uh, they said that uh, passengers would soon face worse delays and more canceled fight, flights if the partial shutdown dragged on further. But they also were making accommodations to continue running their businesses and apparently profitably. So it, it seems to me Republicans sometimes are afraid to make their case. They're just responding to whatever hysteria is directed their way. Yes, I, I think the hysteria was was certainly evident and true. Uh, I mean, you're right to say it was hysterical, but nonetheless, I do think he was losing. The polls looked as though he was losing uh, public opinion over the shutdown, and therefore, I think blinking in this instance might actually be quite a shrewd thing to have done, um, in that it it irritates the base, but it does what um, you know people in Washington it's called triangulating. Uh, it, it, it makes him. It annoys his base, but it, it reaches across the middle to people who are worried about immigration, but also think that uh, you know, federal workers um, should be paid. And, and even if those fears are hysterical, there's nonetheless a point there that people feel quite strongly. With the, the State of the Union address scheduled now for February 5th, uh, it would seem to me that it would make a lot of sense for Trump to reiterate the compromise he proposed the weekend before last and really pound on that. Uh, there's a lot of when people actually understand the details of what he proposed as a compromise and uh, the benefit it would convey to uh, 800,000 DACA recipients, for example, there's a lot of positivity, even from unusual quarters like the editorial page of The Washington Post. And so it seems like that's a very strong hand for Trump to play. And he can't let that be forgotten, that he is willing to meet Democrats halfway on things they've previously supported and really press the Demo Democrats in the 10 days that are remaining before the potential of another shutdown. Well, that's right. And and by toying with Trump over this speech, I mean, a lot of people think Pelosi has, has pulled up a master stroke, but she's also given him an enormous stage. I mean, it's already it's an enormous stage, but it's going to be the biggest ever stage, possibly. And Trump could, um, you know, if he gets it right, he could really pound him his message, as you said. Now, you wrote in your article about uh, food pan or food banks that were set up during the shutdown. And were there actually federal employees taking advantage or were there other people? Well, I didn't see any uh, any of the food banks. I, I mean, the, the only one I went to actually was uh, there was a sort of this is the most typically Washington thing ever. There was a Whole Foods uh, pasta night. <laughs> uh, and the the people I saw, there were there were a couple of furloughed employees. Mm -hmm. I had to be truthful, uh, but the majority were just people going along for the sort of the sense of community, and uh, and coming together and agreeing that Trump was awful, and eating a lot of free rather delicious pasta. I had some myself. <laughs> yeah, I you know I I um in this age of sui generis self identification, I am now going to identify as a non essential employee so that I can get the taxpayer guarantees, the media profiles, the unconditional love from Fortune 500 companies, and be recognized as the wingnut holding Western civilization together. I think that's a smart play. I'll join you. I'm, I'm spectacularly non-essential. <laughs> Look at all the benefits. It's uh, remarkable. Yeah. And, so, oh, and by the way, one other, just, uh, just sticking on the federal employees for a second, one other egregious misreporting 
uh, is the uh, kind of gross domestic product impact of this uh, a four-week furlough of 800,000 employees where this is going to, even Jamie Dimon joining in the hysteria to say this could shrink our first quarter GDP to zero and then so on and so forth. The actual impact, as measured by serious economists, even half serious economists at the CBO, is negligible in our $21 trillion economy. Yeah. Well, and, and as, as people have remarked to me, you know, the, the shutdown was always going to be resolved before the IRS starts collecting taxes, right? So in 17 days, we could be doing this again. Do you think that there will be another government shutdown? Uh, I, I think I think it's it's likely that there will be. Uh, I, I think Trump will probably push this again. And uh, we'll have to go through this whole sorry saga once more. And you think he'll be in a stronger position for having provided this three weeks to to reach a deal? And, okay, I gave you another three weeks. I gave everybody what they wanted, no deal. And so... Uh, you know, so here we here we are again. Yes, I think he's he's done what a lot of people felt he had to do, which was shown a willingness to uh, to, to compromise, and and we'll see on the spe- specifics of that. Uh, but I think he's not in a weaker position, despite what everyone is crying about. He is Freddie Gray. He is the deputy editor of the Spectator, former literary editor of the American Conservative. Freddie, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. If you're talking about it, Dan and Amy are talking about it. It's Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer.